Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. Okay, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucking ears? Whatever the fuck you want to be called. I thank you for being here. I appreciate your business. I don't know what business that is. I mean, the business of listening to me during your day. I hope you're having a good one or night or wherever the hell you are, drive, whatever the fuck you're doing. I hope it's fine. I hope you're doing okay. I am okay. I'm in my garage. It's nice here in LA. All of a sudden, the sun came out. It rained for like a month. It was chilly, but I ain't complaining. I know some of you can't even leave your homes, but it was a little chilly. Prefer it that way. Now it's fucking hot. I'm wearing sandals. I got my Nerdcock t-shirt on. I got my sweatpants on. I'm in the garage, and it's hot out there. Even Boomer, the dirt cat, can't muster up the energy to get out of a goddamn chair he's been sitting in for a day, and then I think there's something wrong with him, and then I realize there's nothing wrong with him. It's a cat. It's a cat. All right, I'm a little aggravated. It's nothing big. It's my own problem. It's my own problem. Some of you know that... uh, I got kind of a deal on some steaks, only two steaks. And the only reason you would know that is if you were following me on Twitter or Facebook, you can follow me if you want. I'm uh, at Mark Marin at Twitter or at WTF pod at Twitter, or you can, I can't take any more friend requests on Facebook. I'm all stacked up. I ain't complaining again, but I didn't realize there was a limit. So you can go to the fan page. You know, I'm not plugging that shit. It doesn't matter. All I'm trying to get at is, I posted up there that I went to Fresh and Easy, which is this store here. I think it's a chain. I think it's a British chain. It's okay. I like going there because I can check out my own groceries, and that somehow makes me feel like I have a job, uh, and it's fun. It's fun to me. I uh, I can imagine that if you had to do it for a living, it would be horrible, but for me to run the little things across the scanner, it's very exciting. I I have a, a very uh, mundane life sometimes, and I get a kick out of that, so I'm there. Generally, don't buy meat there, but they had these deals. They had like 30 T-bone steaks, two in a package for $3.99 because they were expiring the next day. So I thought that's a great deal. Two T-bone steaks, $3.99. What the fuck? I'm in. Let's do this. Knowing good and well that I'm not going to get the best meat in the world, but I figured they'd be okay. And they were okay. It was fine, except I had two T-bone steaks. I got It was Valentine's Day on top of everything else, and and I didn't have anybody to eat them with, so I ate a T-bone alone, which isn't sad. I watched television, uh, so I was engaged, and I was quite happy with it when did some comedy. That was sad. Comedy on Valentine's Day, fucking awful. Okay, another story. So then the next day, I got one more T-bone. I eat that the next day, all right? And then the, and then the day after that, which was yesterday, I, I got meat in my blood, and I can't stop eating fucking meat. I ate two, I ate a meatball and sausage sandwich because I had that left over. And then I had three hot dogs for dinner. And then I'm out late night last night and I ate bacon and lettuce uh, tomato sandwich. I'm like packed with meat. I can't, why can't I fucking do anything without it becoming this chain reaction to doing everything of that thing? God damn it. But I'm all right. You know, I'm not complaining. I'm just full of meat. I'm I'm full of meat. So now, of course, I've this. It's, you know, then I have that morning, which was today. This this is it. This is bullshit. I did this last week too. I had a day this last week. I steam up some vegetables, make some brown rice, get some oatmeal going, maybe get to the gym. That's the other thing about that. 
fucking thing. This is my own stupid life. My head. It's my head. Is I'm sitting here, I'm thinking like, you know, I got to go to the gym. I got to go to the gym. But it's hot out. I don't want to go to the gym. But I, I want to crawl out of my fucking skin. But I don't want to go. And then I start to realize, dude, dude. I call myself dude. Or sometimes I'll go, if, I, if I'm like really want to get through to myself, I'll go, Mark, Mark. But it always starts out with dude. And then when I, when I don't listen to myself, I got to go, Mark, Mark. And then if I really am not listening, I go, Mark M. Marin. And M's not even my middle initial. That's what's fucked up about that. I don't even know what it stands for in that context. That aside, I had to ask myself, do I like this feeling? Do I like being on the edge of me? Like I did all this shit that I'm beating myself up about, which is another issue entirely. I don't need to beat myself up about it. So what? I spent two days eating meat. Some people do that every day of their life. It's no big deal. So I'm choosing to beat myself up about that. And knowing that the resolution is, dude, just pace it out. Or Mark, just pace it out. You know, eat eat some healthy stuff, balance it out, go to the gym. But then there's like, I don't want to. I don't want to. And then I make the excuse, but like I had all that meat in my refrigerator. There's a lot of things in my refrigerator. My question to me is, do I like this struggle, this bullshit struggle of like, you're an asshole, but if you go to the gym, you'll feel better, and then you feel better, and then you can go back to being an asshole to yourself again. I, I don't even fucking know. But it was one of those moments where I'm like, because people say that, maybe you like your anger, maybe you like your discomfort, maybe you like your self-hatred, maybe you like judging yourself like that. That's what you're comfortable with. It's very controllable. You know what's going to happen in that little paradigm, the paradigm of you kicking your own ass till you do something that makes you feel better for a few days and you kick your own ass again for something you shouldn't have done or it didn't really matter if you did it, but you did it anyways. It's not that confusing. But God bless you for being on the treadmill right now. Anybody else? I think you know what I'm talking about. I got an email from my father today in the subject line, idea. That's all it said idea and then the first sentence says in caps this is all in caps not manic colon not manic okay well we'll call my dad and see if that's true also brendan small is coming in he's very funny he's also the creator of the very popular cartoon Metalocalypse on Adult Swim, and he's a wizard on the guitar. So I've got this big plan. I've got a big plan for Brendan Small. I feel like I'm lisping. i got a big plan. Like, I play guitar, but he's really good. He writes all the music and performs it for Metalocalypse. I'm going to put my amp out, and I'm going to put a guitar out. I'm just going to have it here when he comes in. I'm just going to have it there, and I'm going to see what happens. That's my plan. I get an email. Love the podcast, man. I'd love to hear you do one about bombing on stage. I mean bombing, all caps. You're a great comic, but everyone has been a deer at some point. Thanks, MC. P.S. I know you could give a fuck less, but here are my tunes. And then he gives me a link to his music. Not trying to get on the podcast, so take it easy, cunt. Well, I think you just sealed you not getting on the podcast there with that uh, sign-off. But the bombing thing I will address. Here's the international bombing story that some of you may know. 
I was sent home from a country because I bombed. Sent home from a country. It was my own fault, okay, in some respects. Here's the situation. I guess it was 1992. That means I was 29 years old. Is that right? 29 years old. And I'd hit a wall. I, my career was in the garbage again. Barely had a career. I was living in New York. I had uh, started doing drugs again after I'd been off for a little while. I was losing my mind. And I'd broken up with a woman. I was in trouble. I was in a bad place. Okay? So what I did when I get into trouble, when at that point in my life... I'm going to pack up everything that fits in my car, give my bed to the guy who lives across the hall, who's a realist painter, whatever that means, and uh, give the rest of it to the homeless people on the street so they can sell it on the street and drive across country to San Francisco, knock on the door of the woman who I was going out with and broke up with and say, hey, I'm here. Can you love me again? So I did that. I drove across country, you know, with a bag of pot and some other goodies, made it in three and a half days, driving one 23-hour stretch through the upper, I guess it was Nebraska probably in those areas, down into San Francisco. Hello, good morning. Hi, Kim. Uh, can I live here now? Remember me? I, you, The one that, that broke up with you when you were sick? Well, I'm here. I love you. All right, so I moved to San Francisco. Got nothing, got no leads, got no career, can do comedy for about 40 minutes. Get a call not long after moving back to San Francisco. Hey, uh, hey, Mark, it's, uh, and that's a bad accent. It's, uh, I forget your name. I forget his name. It's, hey, it's uh, this guy from Australia. And I uh, want to know if you want to come out and do a season in Australia. What we do is we uh, fly out. You stay for like um, four, uh, four, five weeks. I can't do Australian. You stay for five weeks. Uh, you, uh, four weeks is the run. And then we extend you for one week. And we'll put you up and we'll pay you and we'll promote it. Sound good? And I knew in that moment, like headline, Australia. Don't like traveling internationally that much. Uh, don't have the material, the headline. Can really do 40 minutes at that point, max. Uh, this is not the right thing for me to do. It would be a disaster. So I say, hell yeah. Hell yeah, send me the contracts. So I get the contracts. I sign the contracts. And now I'm starting to fester. I'm like, oh man, Australia, it's far away. It's like not even... It's like it's the day before yesterday there or day after tomorrow. I don't even know what fucking day it is, what time zone it is. It's like a 22-hour flight. You know, and I'm, of course, I'm newly sober again and I'm doing this thing and I got no other leads, but I tell the, the woman I'm with, I'm like, it'll be fine. I'll be there for a month or five weeks. It'll be a good experience knowing perfectly well I did not have the time to do the headline spot and I would be stranded in an international situation, not comfortable going internationally at that point in time, barely comfortable with it now, but cut to I'm flying to Australia over the ocean, like 15 hours, land in New Zealand, go to the bathroom, I pee, I get to Australia, I didn't sleep because I'm panicking about what I'm going to do. The, a woman picks me up in Australia right away. We're on the wrong side of the street. We're driving. I see kangaroos. I don't know if that really happened, but in my mind, I saw kangaroos along the side of the road. That might be something my memory added to, to embellish the story, but I, I'm going to hold on to it. There were kangaroos jumping along beside the car. And we don't even have time to go to the hotel, really. I got to go do a talk show, which was called the Steve Vizard Show, which was their their letterman, I guess. And, of course, I get there. Steve Vizard is not there. It's some woman uh, co uh, you know, filling in for him. And it looks just like the letterman studio, only the desk is on the wrong side of the studio. Everything seems to be on the wrong side in Australia, in my mind. I know they speak the language, but that doesn't matter. They still are all of one kind, and I'm this other thing that they have judgments about. I don't know how to judge them. I've only seen a few movies about 
the place. I think, you know, like uh, Gallipoli, uh, Walkabout, and uh, and uh, Crocodile Dundee. That is my Australia, you know, uh, point of frame of reference. So already I'm starting to freak out. Between the everything being on the wrong side of the road, kangaroos, lack of sleep, I'm starting to bug out a bit. All right, then we go to where the club office is, and there's a huge billboard of me in my face on a wall with quotes that are not true. They invented these quotes in magazines about my act. That made me feel creepy. That made me feel like I was being lied about and misrepresented. And I couldn't, I, I looked at the billboard, and I'm like, oh my God, a lot of work went into this production here. I don't know if I can live up to this billboard. Starting to freak out more. Then they take me to the uh, the apartment that I'm going to be staying at this little efficiency apartment. I and there's nothing. They, they don't. Everything is peculiar to me there. They have Weetabix. They have Vegemite. You know, but you know that's sort of hackneyed to talk about. But you know, they only have a few kinds of cereal. I, I don't know. It's it's it's. I'm not having a good time already. And then like okay, so we get to the show and they do a week of previews for for uh, press. And I get to and the, here's how they work the work the show. This, this club is huge. It's like a circus tent. It's not there anymore. I think it was called the Last Laugh. Like seats must seat like 400 people. It's this huge room. All right, here's the structure of the show. There's a comedian hosting, and then there's a an act with these two women who have funny hair and play an accordion. And then there's a guy who escapes from. He closes with this. He escapes escapes from a straitjacket on stilts. That's his closer. He's a contortionist or something. I don't fucking remember. And then there's an intermission and then me. Are you fucking kidding me? Now I don't even have the time to do this. So I'm sitting backstage watching this guy get a standing ovation for escaping from a straitjacket on stilts. Then they're going to eat dessert and bring me on. So the first night up is kind of dicey. I do okay. The guy who runs the place says, hey, you, you know, you're going to have to cut this joke and that joke, but you got plenty of material. I'm like, um, yeah, yeah, sure. So it keeps chipping away. It keeps chipping away at my act because it's inappropriate or, you know, the reference isn't going to work. So now I'm looking at 35 minutes out of the 50 I have to do, and it's fucking horrible. But I, can't, I, you know, I start improvising a little bit. I'm riffing shit. I'm doing half-baked jokes. So we do a few days of previews. And then you, they have a second room where you can go up and there's like, it seats like 50 and that was a little better, but I'm, I'm starting to lose it. I'm not doing well. Things aren't looking good. I'm starting to be like, ah, oh, fuck. And I'm watching the guy on stilts every night. And I'm like, this is crazy. Why do I have to follow this? And so the Saturday night, the first Saturday night, of the first week where they sell tickets, it's a big room and they pack it out. And at this point I've completely come unhinged. I'm sweating. I'm nervous. I'm not connecting with the crowds. Now there's 400 people in the room. All right. Boom. The host goes on. Hey, everybody gets left. Second, two girls with the funny hair and accordion. Oh, how fun is that? Third, bam. Wow. The guy just got, got out of a straight jacket on stilts. Holy shit. It's like Jesus has come back. Then intermission, intermission. And now Mark Marin. Here's Mark Marin, your headliner. I walk out on stage. I'm smoking a cigarette. I'm wearing a vintage jacket that I liked a lot. And I get on stage. I stand at the mic. And before I even open my mouth, I hear a voice say, where'd you get that jacket? In a room full of 400 people. And it was an American. That made it even worse. And I couldn't even answer him. I just stood there. And I started doing my jokes. And for 45 minutes, all I heard were the embers of my cigarette burning with each drag I took on it. Everything was in slow motion. I just look at this room full of people looking at me. Nothing is connecting. There's a vacuum in the room. I feel myself trying to leave my body, but I said, uh, Mark M. Marin, 
And that's not even my middle initial. Stay in your body. Take the hit. And I walked off stage and it was if it, it was as if I'd seen an explosion. It wasn't even a bomb. I didn't bomb. I I had the the visceral feeling of having just seen everything that I'd worked toward blow up in a fire. And it must have looked like that on my face because like the owner came up like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. Are you okay? And the host was like, you going to be all right, man? I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 I'm good. I'm good. And I'm sweating. And then the next day, the Sunday, the owner takes me out to breakfast. And he says, hey, yeah, I don't think this is working out, mate. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pay you for three weeks and send you home. And, you know, it's my mistake. And I'm like, really? Inside, I was like, thank God. And then the waiter comes up and says, hey, I just saw you on the Steve Weisart show. You're really funny. Where are you playing? And I looked at him. I said, I'm going home. I'm going home. I got on the plane and immediately relapsed, drank like maybe 12 Smirnoff vodkas, got home, was sweating, you know, alcohol. I had no idea what the future held. I was pretty sure I wasn't going to be a comedian because I had been sent home from the country of Australia. Now, I pulled the guitar out specifically. Hold on. What what's uh what gauge pick do you use, Brendan? Right now I'm playing 1.4s. I'm playing pretty fat picks. I'm playing these new Altexes. They're uh Are you plugging on my podcast? I mean, are you uh, are you Am I I'm actually uh Are you here's whoring right here? Are you Oh, oh, that's that's the sound of a single coil pickup. Oh uh, and, shit! Uh, and a big tube amp. That's oh, it's coming back. Yeah! Now the podcast is starting. That's pretty good. That is. It's uh, the only way. That's the thing. That's my the only guest. Way. My guest in studio here at the Cat Ranch here in the garage uh, overlooking the hills of Highland Park is uh, Brendan Smalls. Small. What's a singular? Just one. One small. That's a. Uh, that's my guitar. That's my guitar being played by Brendan Small. Now, can you tune it? Can you just tune it by listening? Is it pretty in tune? It's yeah. in the ballpark. We call that in the ballpark. Yeah. And what's already happened in this this podcast so far is I've stopped listening to you. <laughs> no, I, well, it's I, what happens when a guy gets a guitar in his hand. Brendan Small, of course, is the mastermind be, behind Metalocalypse. You said it right. That's pretty impressive. Well, I didn't say your name. I didn't say your name right, so I had to get yeah, something right. Yeah, you got that right. See, like, I'm sitting here thinking, like, I need, that needs a little volume. This is a great guitar I'm holding. What is this? This, this is, is a, a TV Junior, a uh, Gibson TV Junior, uh, a custom shop reissue. With a, a P90 single coil pickup. That's not the same you. as a PAF. That's no, a P90. Not. PAF is this, the double coil, and that's the first... Uh, now, you know, I'm... I'm exclusively a, a garage guitar player. Yes. I don't play out. No. And uh, I'm not sure what I'm looking f- to you for. Yes, but, but I, I'll help you. Yeah. Now, now, okay, so you do Metalocalypse, which is a cartoon that many of the metal people are very excited about, and also regular people that aren't necessarily metal people. It's, a, it's, about a, it's on Adult Swim. It's yes. a, about a heavy metal band. Yes. And you compose and play most of the music. All of it. 
Yeah. All of it. So I, I write the scripts and I write uh, the music and I do the voices and stuff like that. So I get to, uh, it's uh, it's called job security. I created yeah. a job that I can't get fired from. Yeah, I, I'm, we're doing that now in my yeah. garage. I just haven't figured out how to make money out of <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, really. the money part's the only thing that's lacking, that, that's yeah. yeah that's uh, that's missing. It's starting to happen. That's good. Like like right now, if right now if you donate uh, twenty dollars, there you go to WTF at WTFPod.com, uh, Brendan Small will play his favorite lick. Oh man. That one? Uh, an Albert King thing? That's really? an Albert King, yeah. That's all Albert King. <laughs> I listen to a lot of Albert King, believe it or not. during Because I went to music school before all this stuff, before all the Death Clock stuff. Well, let me ask you a question. Go ahead. Before you go on with that. Yeah. You're in music school. Yeah. You're studying with people like John Mayer, <laughs> who told me to get that amp. I'm not claiming that I know him. He used to hang around comedy clubs, and I was in New York for a brief time. I said, I need something for a while I'm here. And he said, get the Fender Blues Man. Yeah. Is that a Blues Man? It is, I think. I th- I don't know. I don't know. It's it's what it is is a big tan tweed amp, and it looks like a reissue. Blues Junior. The Blues Junior, but it's got one big volume knob, and it's one of those amps. No, it's got two. You can do gain. If I okay. kick you up here, okay, and give you a, give you a little reverb. Pop that up a little is that dirty? Is that dirty enough for it you? It sounds really good. That's great. With none, and it's got. I got none of your high tech toys, none of your pods, yeah, none, yeah. Of your, none, none of your MXRs. <laughs> yeah, Do they make my, those anymore? They make X, MXR pedals, and we actually. The first thing I did when I sold the show was I got endorsement deals with tons of different companies, including Gibson and MXR, and um, we're in the middle of. Uh, I got an endorsement deal with a coffee company, Just Coffee Co-op, and they uh, they send me maybe like five or six pounds of beans a month that I drink. Yeah, yeah, but I'd much rather be in your position. Getting guitars. Yeah. I call it, well, I know that it, it, I've always considered a TV show to be the ultimate temp job because yeah. you, know, you never know when the fat lady's coming back to work. But getting back to what I was saying, so you're yeah. in music school and you're a funny guy, but sure. you're obviously, this is what you love, I can tell by the way. Yeah. you're Like right now you're talking to me, but there's some party that's like, why can't I just be playing? That's what happens when you put a guitar. Well, that's why yeah. I did it because yeah. I, I enjoy some good guitar playing yeah. and there's a couple things I need to learn. But what made... what? Yeah. All right. What made you uh, do the com? What made you say fuck this? Well, um, you started in Boston. It's really. It, it, I started in Boston. I went to Berkeley College of Music, and I. I think I did go at the same time that John Mayer was there. I don't know him personally. I thought you told me that he was around. That's what I. That's what I knew. That's all time. you knew. Yeah, that's all I knew. He was around. Now, why the why the comedy thing then? What the hell? Well, happened? you know what happened is that somewhere in the middle of of learning music for four years, you kind of start to realize. Well, first of all, no one's playing. No one's really playing rock anymore, at least at the time. I like, do here in my garage. I know I, I well, rock here. <laughs> I'm sure that you do, but uh, but at the time, what uh, year was that? There was I graduated in '97. So what had happened to music? It gotten. It's uh, people stopped playing. It was a really dark time for guitar. I thought. And like, I call who, it the, the yeah the, the dark ages, the guitar dark because people stopped playing solos and songs. Metal was not cool anymore, and the stuff that I grew up listening to, like you know Metallica, Sabbath, and blah blah blah. People who knew things. how to play, period, was yeah. not cool anymore. Yeah, so and so, uh, you know, I I kind of wasn't into it, and I, and I didn't know what I was gonna put with, uh, I didn't know what I was gonna do with my guitar. So I I knew that I had friends that were going to Emerson College, and I had a buddy who was an intern at Conan O'Brien at the time, mm. and uh, when I was interning at Jingle Houses in in New York and stuff, and I just I thought this guy's got the coolest internship. He's doing every, he's doing what I wish I could do. Right, and um, so but that's I, after you knew you already had a, a very specific and mind blowing craft in place. 
I knew how to play guitar fast. Pretty <laughs> that's, much, you that, know. That's to yeah. me. To me, I listened that's to like it. a lot of Albiniolo. You did? You listened to Albiniolo? Yeah. Like all those, like you know, all the shredders. Have you everyone. seen those shred videos where people? Oh yeah. Dub. I laughed. I mean, I never. I'm not a good laugher. I think for the most part, but I laughed until my face hurt when I saw. Um, the Shred series, Steve Vai, Shreds in Denver. That is the best one. And Paco it's, de Lucia is pretty good. Too. I haven't seen that one. That's a beauty. Yeah. Because the people that are doing those, these if you don't know, these are videos of people who are great guitar players being overdubbed by people who know how to play guitar, but they do it badly on purpose. It's one of the funniest things in the world because Steve Vai, who I think is, you know, he's an ultimate guitar hero and a guy who've actually, uh, who's done voices on my show and I've become friendly with him, is, is one of the funniest this guy in in like Finland yeah. overdubs bad guitar on top of a really great looking solo. Like you can tell that Steve I is just really selling it with his face. There's so yeah, much because, emotion. And, it's, and the guitar's got like four necks in that thing. Yeah, it's like a yeah, yeah. three neck guitar. Yeah, so it's so pretentious. It's out of tune. The pickups are buzzing. It just sounds terrible. And he's acting like, and he's got this bravado about him, and just that juxtaposition works. It's great. It's so funny. I laughed yeah. so hard the, yeah. the one time. Yeah, and the Paco de Luzzi one, Luzzi one is great because it's a classical guitar. So the guy who overdubbed it did it with an acoustic, but you just like it's just a tangling of of strings, and then at some point he breaks into Deliverance, and it synced up perfectly with the Luzzi like making that face uh, like oh that's pretty yes. good and the audience is i mean and the audience in this world is loving it too <laughs> it's, it's, it's hilarious but i know there's a lot of copies of it out there but yeah. if you can find the original i think they're just called like shreds in denver it's like, like uh, it's saint somebody saint something oh that's the guy, guy who yeah, put him up on youtube up to, yeah and he, yeah and i saw him on like jimmy kimmel at one point they brought him up oh and, to yeah. talk about those yeah, things. yeah yeah so okay so you you leave berkeley and then you get an internship where Oh, I, well, I was uh, still at Berkeley. What happened was I, I, got, I got an internship at Jingle Houses in New York. What is that? It's, it's a place where they write the music for commercials and stuff. So I sat there and I watched people write music. You know, they, right. they, they had a job. They had to do it very quickly. You they can had, write and read music? I um not really that well. I'm like oh. one of those guys that graduates from high school who didn't really know how to read. That was the part you didn't do. You're just like I just want to play. Pretty much. And right. I, I, my theory is good. I know all my modes and scales you do? and all. Yeah. Yeah, and I know all that stuff really well. But it's just like if you throw music in front of me, I never practiced it. I'm like, I don't, I don't care. It's not going to come up. And how's your ear? It's pretty good. Like, I, can you, like, can you do like, um, do you listen to Angus Young? Yeah. Can you play Angus Young? Yeah, I play. Like that? Oh, that's, shit. That's, that's half of a... That would take me uh, three days to but, figure out. <clears throat> but the thing is that it's just like, you know, stupid voices and all that stuff you do as a kid. Like, you do impressions on all that stuff. That's that's all guitar for me, too. You just do impressions of... You know, I'm but, messing it up, but no, you but get the you, idea. But but you have to know where that is in your mind and to in the connection to your fingers. Yeah, but I mean, like I've memor. That's the thing. That's like that's muscle memory at some point. So right. It's not okay. Really, right. Right. You know, that's not that's not tough. You 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 figured that part. So out. you can do that. Yet you go on stage. Uh, you know, at the same time knowing how to do that, you're like, I'm gonna put that aside and do the Boston voice. <laughs> but I'm gonna do the stupidest thing I can think of. And yes, I do categorize comedy as being if it's stupid enough, maybe I'll I'll do it. What's that character you do? The old oh, guy, uh, Captain mustache which is basically but didn't that start as 
was a uh, wasn't it originally a a, a Boston comic? Was was, a, yeah, I still do it that way too. What do you call him? Uh, he was just like he's an old. Basically, was, was I a, knew the guy you're talking about. Well, there's like eight guys that it is kind of like a combination. When I was starting to do stand up in Harvard Square, right at at uh, you you started at the Hong Kong at the Hong Kong. I yeah. started at Catch a Rising Star. Yeah, yeah. And there was a guy. I forget his name. You know, he had a mustache and glasses. He's kind of shaky. Hey, yeah. how are you, Mac? Yeah. yeah how, how's everything going with you? Yeah, you don't. You want a coffee? You want a medium regular? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so stupid. It's um, the best accent it's the in best, the world. It is the best. I, that was the whole thing while I was at Boston. Like, if there's one thing I will leave here with, it's not, may not. It may be a musical education, but I'm going to learn how to do that accent, or at least a really, a really. Where did you grow up, though? Um, in in uh. California. I, I grew up. I was born in the Midwest. Yeah. In Springfield, Illinois. Then I grew up in Salinas, California, which is just like a the, it's outside the, of San Francisco, right? Yeah. It's or, it's the Steinbeck country. So right. I mean, it's a tumultuous, overcast kind of place. So you where, grew up in a shanty, uh, and yeah, <laughs> it uh, may as at, well have been at times going out with the family in the the large truck with uh, the pans rattling on the sides. Yeah. Uh-huh. Trying to yeah, and well, it's basically uh, it's trying it's to get Steinbeck. farm work. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. that's the thing. Steinbeck, I think. He, he put it the best way, which was basically that it's the place where you go to shoot your retarded friend in the back of the head for killing a lady. <laughs> it's the best place to do that, bar none. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, that was Salinas, and I was there, and I was just, I remember going there from the from the Midwest and, and coming there as like an eight-year-old and going, these kids, the white kids aren't, they can't conjugate the verbs. You know, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're throwing rocks at each other. Everyone's mean to each other. I'm like, this place fucking sucks. Yeah, I better develop a sense of humor about this. <laughs> in the meantime, I'm gonna grab a guitar and listen to Ingve Malmsteen. And Did Eddie you Van do that Halen. in high school? Yeah, it was like when I turned 14 was the big. I don't know. Maybe was that for you also the the big guitar year? The weird thing about me with guitar is that like I was completely for some reason my father used to play American Graffiti soundtrack all the time. So okay. I for me. Uh, Chuck Berry, I, I I was still like, what was I, 13 and you know, 76 or But yeah. right, so that thing to me was like, that was masterful, right? And then I was in a stage band right. yeah. in uh, in high school and some guy named Adolf, a Latino guy, mm-hmm. knew how to do that. I'm like, show me how to do that. Yeah, yeah, And when yeah. I learned how to do that, I'm like, I think I'm done. Yeah. Like, I thought it was great, but they, I've always been a blues guy. I was never a, a metal guy, but yeah. I, in high school, like, I ended up seeing the nudes like three times. Okay. I saw... I saw Stanley Clark and Ray Gomez with, okay. uh, with his band. I saw McLaughlin because my buddy Dave yeah. was a guitar head and he was classically trained. Sure, yeah. Saw Blackmore uh, okay. with Rainbow. Oh, Blackmore. I saw Van Halen on their first tour. Yeah, I love, uh, Richie Blackmore's so badass. Is he? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, he is, I mean, yeah. I like the Deep Purple stuff. I yeah. never got into the Rainbow stuff, but still, like you know, when you talk to me, like I still, I would rather listen to them doing Hush yeah. than them doing uh, uh, Highway, Highway Star. Star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only because like I got such a blues-based brain. Uh-huh. So like my ex-wife was a big metalhead, right? And I can listen to it, and I can listen to Metallica, but yeah. it doesn't move me the same way sure, as sure, sort sure. of like ACDC. Yeah, well, I mean. Yeah, they're they're both great. This they're is different. so funny. This heavy pick because I took from a guy. Uh, I took lessons from a guy named Vaughn McMillan who uh-huh. only played with heavy picks. Yeah, and he had me playing with a stainless steel pick for a while, uh-huh. and then a rock. You know, a get, piece of rock. I'll tell you, guitar is filled with this magical like pick theory or this magic amp theory. This this thing that just sells amps, guitars, and picks. Yeah. to to people like me all the time. And it's taken me 20 years of guitar playing to realize that it doesn't matter what the pick is. Yeah, all you need is a good guitar and a good amp. And everything else is your fault. 
Right. And that's the saddest thing I can say. Oh, I, I am sort of like, and we talked about this the other night, like I, and I become more of a purist. Like mm-hmm. my ex-wife got me one of them pods uh-huh. where, you know, you got 8 million amp sounds, sure, and three, sure, sure. And a million things I don't understand. And yeah. you got to program that yeah. for me, if I can play a fender through a fender amp mm-hmm. and dirty it up with the, with the, if it's got two volume things on it, I'm mm-hmm. good. That guitar you're holding. Let me see it. Yeah. I'll, I'll show you where you I'm show, at. Yeah. Let me put this around this way. Here we go. Like, cause I, like maybe I need a guitar lesson real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, that's a great guitar. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. Like, I, yeah. um, yeah, I can. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Like, I can do that. Yeah, you got it, yeah. Well, you, well, listen, you've got the thing that I would, if I were your guitar teacher, first of all, I'd say, like, you don't need, I mean, you want to play blues? I can do that. You can do it, how yeah. How do I shred, though? Oh, how do you shred? Well, should that's, I, that's where it takes, like, the, that takes the time. I just want to know how to shred, like, man. I mean, if you want, let me get this, oh, man, this, there's one problem here. See, I, and that's another problem I have with playing guitar. I sweat. I immediately start sweating. You gotta, it's just all. It's just. What the hell just happened? Holy shit. One other thing that happens with with shredding is like the conditions have to be right. That's what I tell uh, people that are learning how to shred is like you have to have the. You have to have enough gain. Right, so they, like, right now we're not quite set up for shredding. Yeah, but if, if but it, but it, <laughs> so there, and the fact that you yeah. can do that as clean as it is, because you know when you uh, you know jack up the gain, it's a little more forgiving, isn't it? It is sometimes. You know what, though? I mean, it, it depends. I you mean, can't You can hear it. the mistakes. I mean, when you start... The thing that makes you a good guitar player is when you start recording yourself. You start hearing where the the problems are and all that stuff. And that made me a better guitarist almost than anything else was sitting there with a naked tone without any reverb or anything. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's all sitting with a metronome. It's You know what they say that it's, it's like... So, of the practices. Yeah. It's just boring. It's it's having a high school career with no girlfriend. So now we got yeah. this thing where you've got Metalocalypse where you're actually doing exactly what your dream was yeah. and you're doing the comedy as well. Yeah, pretty much. I get to have my cake and eat it too, which is pretty cool. And, uh, and um, you know, it's kind of, it's hard for me to think of a cooler job, um, but at the same time, you know, it's TV, so you, you know it's, it, your number's up at some point, and you, you know? Yeah, but the thing is, is that when you have that audience, like, the, the one thing that has been determined is that, you know, comedy's gotten popular with some fairly groovy type of kids. There's a lot right. of comedy nerds out there, sure. and there's, there's, you know, tons more metal nerds yeah. and and the, the thing is like comedy sort of comes and goes but it seems that metal is here to stay 
Forever. I think it's true. Yeah, I think it's true. So the the, the issue with Metalocalypse is that generations. The thing about music yeah. is that I still listen to the music that my father listened to, and that's what got me into guitar. Right. And it was you know, and even when Zeppelin, I mean, I still listen. I listened to Zeppelin, right, but I was yeah. already in high school, so that was seventy seven. They were almost done. Yeah. But yet it's still there. It's still there. Yeah. So it's all still going to be there. No, it's a uh, musically. I'm not joking. I mean, like people think like oh, I mean, I have somebody came up to me at like the. San Francisco Comedy Festival and they said hey Brendan I love the show I love how you're taking the piss out of metal and the truth is that I actually really like it a yeah, great not, deal cause, yeah I'm not I'm not uh I'm not. I mean, that's not the. Uh, that's not the goal. And well, you're not taking the piss out because the thing that I think is interesting is that the music holds up. Yeah. And and the people that love metal, they they feel like it's a homage. It's not. It's an. It's a. The people that get it. Get it's it. a celebration yeah. of metal. And the people that I think think that metal's a joke probably think that I'm taking the piss out of it. You know. But so. you've got metal guys on the show. I mean, who has yeah. done voices on that show? We just. I just got uh, Kirk Hammett like a week ago to come back. Were you able to play with him? No, but we talked guitar and stuff like that. He, it's really funny because I got him. He's one of the first voices I got to do on the show, and it's been that you know f- almost five years ago. And then he came back and wanting to do more. Now he's become a fan of the show and uh, just a super cool guy and just really fun to hang out with. And Steve Vai, too? Steve Vai, Joe Satriani, a lot of my guitar heroes. Ace Freely came and did some stuff this season. It's been really great. Just musically, it's just so much so different than comedy. Because, and you sing? And I, if you want to call it singing, yeah, I, I do. Like they call it Cookie Monster voice? Kind of Cookie Monster voice, kind of. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're being sued by Sesame Street right now. Are you really? No. Oh, but wouldn't that be funny? Was it, but isn't that a common a common thing to call it? Cause yeah, it is. It is no. Even like even the you my know, ex used to call it Cookie yeah, Monster voice. It is kind of that that low guttural that that kind of like lower kind of thing <laughs> yeah. that seems to be the thing and it's more of a percussion instrument than you know singing. No, so. no, just, no, 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 no. Exactly. I'll... <laughs> 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 to, to be totally honest, something along those lines, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, so my, when I'm making the music and stuff, and again, like I said, I'm not joking when I'm doing the music stuff. This is my only opportunity to really play guitar, so I'm going to try to make it cool. Yeah. So the thing is that if you've just got this kind of, you know, this guttural percussion on top of stuff, all the melody's got to be in the guitar. So you got to have to have, you know. So, some but cool what you were playing was a like lead. That. What's a what's a metal rhythm? Like, uh, I mean, I this is. This is like a, this is one song I was playing called uh, it's called Thunder Horse. Is that as gainy as that gets? That's probably. So something like that, you know. Um, something something like that, yes. So like that kind of stuff, you know. I love that I'm playing that through a Fender Tweed on an old like a. Uh, it it to me it's a testament to your uh, chops. Oh well, thank you. I don't know, yeah. Because like an, any uh, any a lesser metal guy would have come in and go, I can't do it through that amp. Yeah, I'll, you know. Hopefully this won't be held against me sometime in the future. No, I want people to be clear that there's no yeah. pedals here. Yeah. We're dealing with a blues. What do I call it? A blues junior. It's a blues junior. And uh it's and a, a single. Amp. I like it. Yeah. Single P90 yeah. on a on a Gibson Les Paul yeah. TV junior. You know, I did a show called Home Movies a long time ago. I I wanted to talk about that because people love you for that, and they don't realize that you're you're this metal monster. They don't. Well, there's a little bit. There's a there's a little tiny doorway into that inside of home movies, but um, but yeah, when I did that, you know, the show kind of it got canceled twice. Yeah. Um, 
on UPN once and then on Adult Swim. And it just kind of never really... I mean, it found its audience way after. So now people like the show. Who were the other voices on that? Didn't Sam Cedar do a voice on that? Sam Cedar did a voice. A bunch of... yeah, John Benjamin. John Benjamin. A bunch of the Dr. Katz people like uh, Jonathan Katz. It's the same production company. Yeah. Um, A lot of of comics, you know. It It was kind of like what... Metalocalypse is with with kind of my metal heroes with with uh, that show at the time, and it was just this tiny little thing. You know, we were all inside of Boston. We didn't know anybody else outside of Boston. And um, Paula Poundstone was an original voice. Oh and wow! Then, here, you want to hear something? Yeah. I don't like cartoons that much. I I don't I don't watch them that often. Yeah, yeah. Like I I find uh, and people criticize me for it. It's good for comedy and it's also good for. Uh, you know, you, now what about groupies, man, with the rock and roll? Or but mostly, isn't yeah. it mostly like you know frustrated teenage boys? There's a lot of that, that and then there's like you know, um, you know, uh, I'd have to say that there there are a lot of girls out there that are really interested in, in rock bands and stuff like that. No, uh, yeah, um, the last tour we did, uh, you know, they come out of the woodworks and stuff, and at the time and still I have a girlfriend so yeah. it's a very frustrating place to be right. and uh, I can I can go to my girlfriend and blame her for that somehow sure like <laughs> I could have done so much yeah and make her life miserable well, and that's, when they, it's yeah. not a good thing to do yeah you don't, yeah. yeah you yeah. run them right out they'll just <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll go they'll, yeah they'll just tell you to go fuck yourself yeah like, oh, I guess yeah whatever. I guess I like you yeah there's a one more guitar lesson I think you think so okay I can um, do whatever yeah let's see uh, picking <laughs> But see now you know. Mm, Sorry, buddy. That's right. You know your scales. Yeah. Right. Sure. And I, you know, like I don't. Let me see. I'll use the heavy pick. Yeah. Like this is Mark. This is you playing. I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure. Clear that up. I want to make sure no one thinks this is me. That was the best part of the podcast. (laughs) He wanted. Brendan wanted to make sure. I know. I did that with all sincerity. Everyone knew the guitar changed hands. Yeah, yeah. This has nothing to do with him. Yeah, yeah. I could work. That's something I could work with. I could help you with that. It's not bad. It's pretty fast, right? It's not bad. The thing is, like, the whole thing with all getting all that fast stuff yeah. is knowing what your tempo is, you know, and playing that. So if you have, like, that's it. Got it. Hey, listen. I can't fake that. Like, yeah. Did you see the mistakes there? Yeah, there. When you do it that way, I can tell that you're faking. I can tell you're full of shit. (laughs) Let's try another one. Uh, you know what? I love it. I say don't change a thing. It's making me laugh. <laughs> but you know what, Mark? You're a good guitar player. You are... Um... Yeah. You know what? I have to say, it, uh, the mark of a guy who knows what he's doing on guitar is, is that he... It doesn't matter how fast or slow he plays. It's that he's got like just a, enough vibrato to kind of like sell it. I think. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. That was me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I just like, my problem is like, I don't have control of the scales enough 
to uh, to make different options. Like if I'm trying to learn a riff, which I, mm-hmm. I never did that. I always just played with feeling mm-hmm. how I wanted to play it. Yeah. So I never picked up licks yeah, until yeah. like occasionally Jimmy Favino at, at Conan oh, would yeah, show yeah. me blues licks sure, and I'd be sure. excited because they're like gateways. Like he showed me that Albert King riff right. and a couple of things and I would listen to Mike Bloomfield. Uh-huh. But because I don't have enough control over where the notes repeat themselves, if I'm trying to learn something, I'll start down there and I'll end up way up here without yeah, yeah. realizing like naturally just to go there. It's funny, I don't know, I mean, guitar is just about showing up prepared, you know, it's just, if you know what you're doing, and if you want, if you want that lick bad enough, it's yours. I think the the reason that I became, um, you know, competent on guitar was because of my first real guitar incident, which was total humiliation, humiliation. What happened? I entered a guitar competition when I was 14 years old, and I'd been playing Maybe I was 15. So I'd been playing for about a a year and a half of guitar. And, you know, I wasn't bad, you know. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then a couple of things. I've been listening to Joe Satriani and and I thought I could, you know, I was deluded, you know. Step Um, out on the ice a little bit. But my buddy, he said, you know, we went to our local guitar store and he said, Hey, look! There's a poster. Guitar competition. You play three to five minutes of music. You, uh, it has to showcase uh, musicality, uh, technical ability, and yeah. showmanship. <laughs> and he said, "Let's let's answer because you can win this this piece of shit Yamaha guitar, <laughs> yeah. this pearl essence like you know." But like, was it a good like, guitar to you at the time? It was a free guitar to us okay, at the time, right. so we thought that that was important. Easy. So, so we enter, and I've got about two weeks to to put something together. And during those two weeks, I took guitar very seriously for the first time in my life. Yeah. Stayed up till two o'clock in the morning. Woke up at like six in the morning. Yeah. Played, 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 and played. Got home early, you know, and just played and played and played. Finally, the day of the show comes, and I'm the youngest one there, I think, and I've probably. <laughs> In my mind, I'm like, I can, I can do this, but I didn't really realize what it would be like to be on stage. I had right. not factored in the idea of an audience or any of that Choking. stuff, and, and what that would mean yeah, to yeah. me. Oh boy, was I in for a lesson! <laughs> what, what happened? Oh, it was awful. <laughs> it was the worst day of my life up until that point. I had never, like, I didn't know that the world could be such a cold and horrible place. <laughs> what happened? Well. I, Okay, so first of all, I'm in Salinas, yeah. Steinbeck country. Yeah. Shoot your retarded friend in the back of the head, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know. Uh, and uh, there's a bar, and I'd never really been in an adult bar either yeah. as like a teenager. And I right. was very, you know, nervous, vulnerable teenager. As sure, you all sure. Are. Did you have long hair? Not yet. I think okay. I was trying to grow it out at the point. It yeah. just wasn't happening. Yeah, yet. right, right. Yeah, and I had like a stupid silk shirt on. I was fat and yeah. knocky, kind of like, you know, like braces still, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, just, a, just a mess, you know, just bad skin everything. <laughs> Just, just, yeah, just the kid that you yeah, want to go yeah. and give a hug to yeah, you know, if yeah. you ever go back to high school. You yeah. poor son of a bitch. Give little Brendan a hug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, uh, so, you know, we're waiting outside. I'm listening to some kid, like, rip off, like, a Steve Lukather solo from Rosanna in front of me and just eating <laughs> shit. And I'm like, wow, these people are really eating shit. The audience is making mincemeat out of them. You know, like, yeah. what? A- so they finally introduced me. I and, and the other thing is, you know, when you play out of an, an amp at bedroom volume, it's a very different thing. Than being in, yeah. playing through a Marshall full stack in front of like a bar, it'll just full of smoking. It'll plow people. you over. Oh yeah, you don't know. It's like it's like when someone draws a caricature of you and exaggerates your worst feature. Right. That's what a loud amp will do. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. So a guy hands me a thing. He's like, "What kind of a sound you?" And I'm like, "I don't know. It 
distortion reverb. I don't know. <laughs> okay, and the guy just yeah makes it as loud as possible. The local DJs are there now. We have Brandon Small. His influence is already been healed. Joe Satriani. He's been playing for a year and a half. Let's go, Brandon. And my guitar is totally out of tune. And I look over to, to try to tune it. My hand is dancing around. <laughs> oh. I can hardly grab onto the thing. My I have like I have like nervous? like a, yeah yeah uh, youth onset Parkinson's. <laughs> oh no! It was horrible. I couldn't. I could. I was like, mm, that's good enough. Uh, <laughs> you couldn't get it into. Yeah, it was like freezing outside. My guitar like buckled. <laughs> and, like it, it was horrible. So I can't get into it. I'm trying desperately. I can hardly even t- grab my guitar. My knees are now actually knocking on each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's time to start. And I have this this whole piece with the beginning, middle, and end that I wrote, and it was yeah. an original p- composition. And you know, there's a part where I was gonna wow them, and you know, and, like make faces at the audience, and like just stuff that's yeah, you know, yeah. oh, it's not gonna happen. It's just not gonna happen. None of this is gonna happen. You're fighting disappearing, right? My sister, somewhere in the middle of this thing, uh, she uh, she asked she asked to come. My parents asked to come. I said, no, no, no. This yeah. is, I got to do this by myself. Yeah, you know. Yeah. My sister said, right, I'm going to come. Passion. My sister's got like a older cheerleader friends. They're all attractive and stuff. And mm-hmm. look at me and stuff. She brings all of her friends. And right. Somewhere in the middle of me, it sounds like I'm strangling six individual cats. <laughs> For each one of the strings. Yeah. And uh, amplified loud. And people just kind of averting their eyes. Like, were they putting their hands on their ears? Yeah, kind of like doing that. And <laughs> looking up. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Somewhere in like almost like the crowd parts and the light shines on my sister's table and the light shines on me and the music all goes away and she looks at me like, what's happening up there? And I'm like, I don't know. And I'm editing the piece. I'm like, we're not doing, we're not going on from that thing because I'm not going to land that one. And it just, uh, I've never listened to worse guitar playing in my life. And I'm just as amazed as the audience is. It's the shittiest, shittiest night of my life. Oh no. And, uh, and my buddy who talked me into it also yeah. blows his. Like he's like yeah. he goes the other way. He's gonna play acoustic, right? And do something that sounds like the beginning of like a crazy on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, whatever. It's yeah, like yeah, some yeah. kind of like acoustic. And he's he's his, his guitar is bouncing all over his knee. It's just like it's just like someone unleashed stage fright onto all these cocky guitarists, and everyone just dying a thousand deaths. It's like the beginning of Saving Private. Saving Private. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's getting shot to pieces. <laughs> Holding and, their entrails, yeah, in. and that, everyone's yeah holding their guitars broken in pieces on the way. Up. Their egos are just so, flushed away. How do you put it together after that? I mean, well, that- you know what? It was so, it's 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 the profound moment in my kind of like uh, in my creative life, which was basically I went home that night and I looked at my guitar. I looked at my hands and I'm like, "What happened out there? You know, what the <laughs> yeah. fuck? What happened, happened kid? What? How did we let that happen? How can like I am me?" And I, and I buckled and, and I just I turned into a coward. And I, oh my god, like how could I, how could I allow that to happen? Yeah. And I, and I just basically said to myself, you know, I can't let that happen again. You know. Yeah. I know I can play guitar better than that. Yeah. There's got to be a way to, to. I mean, I, I had not even known what an audience would be. Right. From that day, for, I mean, it took me like a decade to get in front of an audience. And be able to think clearly, you know, and be able to have your own thoughts and, the and not just get carried away with yeah, the you noise. Know, even with like right. comedy and stuff like that, sure. you know, it, it, there's a there's a, an amount of time that has to pass before you're. Yeah, there's moments where I still panic, and when I did yeah. radio, where where you're like, oh my god, yeah, there's a silence here, yeah, where to like intentionally say like, just shut up. Yeah, just you know, just sit in it for a minute. Yeah, yeah. What's the worst that can happen? Absolutely. Now, when you do comedy, though, like the 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 it. I think the, the the thing that people always say about comedy and about music is that, you know, when you're with a band, 
you know, there's, you know, you got four other guys up there, Absolutely, you know, yeah. and it's about you guys, totally. you know, all working together. Uh-huh. And, and when you're doing comedy, yeah, yeah. it's just fucking you. And the relationship yeah. is very emotional. Uh-huh. It's very connected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have no distance whatsoever. Right, right, right. It's, but, a, it's a different thing. Yeah. But I imagine that the reward of playing a great fucking riff with a bunch of guys and you're all fucking hitting on all cylinders uh-huh. has got to be transcendent. It's, you know, you can't compare it to comedy. I mean, I know those... For me, like, I don't know, I, I consider myself, like, you know, I, I a dabbler. Like, you know, I don't make a living out of comedy. I go and do it f- to keep my chops up in one way or another, you know? Well, you do cartoons. I mean, you are making a living out of comedy, but stand-up yeah, yeah, yeah. specifically. Yeah, yeah, stand-up specifically. And right, you do yeah, a lot yeah. of character stuff, too. Yeah, I'll do a lot of character stuff, and that's more of my forte. But, um, but yeah, it's, um, my, my few experiences with really, really loving stand-up were those times where things are happening in the moment you know right right or, or it's just like the, a, it's the improvisation first time ever. yeah when you really get into a groove with a band mm-hmm. the feeling after the song is done is like you've just re-entered the atmosphere you know what i totally absolutely <laughs> that you know yeah. i i after doing the whole death clock thing playing death metal with like you know mastodon six nights on one night off yeah for eight weeks yeah i got to do a show here in los angeles at the baked potato with mike keneally with Gene Hoagland and uh, Rick Masalam on bass, and we played Jeff Beck tunes, and we played uh, Steely Dan, yeah, and we played uh, anything but metal, and it was and it was improvisational, and it right. was so much fun. It was just it was connecting and uh, paying attention to each other on stage and improvising. And it was the most fun I've had in so much. I bet so long. You know? I bet. Yeah. Well, that was a good talk, man. You that wanna, was a good talk. You want to play us out? I'll play us out. Okay, that was uh, Brendan Smalls on the Brendan Small, sorry. I know a Robert Smalls. Uh, I'd like to thank you for joining us here at the uh, garage, looking over the barrio here in uh, Echo Park. And uh, hope you have a great night. And be careful. If you drank a little too much, maybe have a friend drive you home. And uh, we'll be here next week. I think we're going to have some special people sitting in with us. But I don't know. We haven't called them yet. And uh, this is going on a little long, but uh, thanks for listening. I'm Aaron. Hey, it's it's Mark. How you doing, man? Good. How you doing? What are you doing? You just sitting there sending me emails? You got? Yeah, I just you know, I had some ideas to just throw at you. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. Everything's cool. What are you sitting there with a patient now? No. Oh, all right. Well, let's let's talk about this uh, this idea. Let me just let me see if I if I got the email here. Not manic colon. <laughs> Friend patient likes me as eight thousand acres in Rio Doso, running cattle and real cowboy. Still rides bulls at age fifty nine, but it's time to quit. We'll let you have as much land as you want. Put a studio on it, or playhouse, or theater. Don Imus can make use of some competition. He likes Imus an idea. If you can see it and conceive it, you can do it. Now, what are we talking about here? He can, I can have some land. Oh, he'll give you the land. You know, I mean, he's right now. He's a he's a very good guy. He's a very good patient. I don't know what his assets are, but he owns eight thousand acres. He's got a couple brothers. And uh, he's, his life has been just riding bulls right up to yesterday. But he had a seizure, grandma's seizure on Sunday, another one on Monday. Drives all the way in from Ruidoso to see me because I'm his 
I'm the guy who's taking care of them. I, I suggested just, you know, I said, first of all, you got all this land. Why don't you use it? Why don't you, like, film on Scout Ranch? Give them a holler. See if they want a, an extended area to send Boy Scouts to. You know what I mean? Number one. Number two, I said, Don Imus, yeah, he listens to Imus. I said, he's got this thing going from not far from where I guess, up over there near Santa Fe. He says, yeah, I know where that is. And uh, I says, you know, uh, maybe uh, get in touch with Imus and see if, uh, if he wants to extend his holdings and uh, increase his share because he gives he gives a lot of, supposedly, a lot of uh, access to kids to go up there and, and play cowboy and to rehabilitate their, their screwed-up lives in the cities, right? Right. And then I, then I was thinking, gee, you know, if he's got this land and you got some connections, you got a few people that you want to get that you want to set up there near Ruidoso. I don't know where it is near. You know, you have to go out and look at it. And you want to set up uh, access there and put up a playhouse and whatever, a little this or that, and run a run a, a show place out of there and then be uh, and be a uh, you know a, a radio uh, personality, which you seem to like to do. Uh, you got an option here to do it. All right. No, no. I, I mean, I think it's an interesting idea that that you know I'm I'm doing it out of my small garage behind my house, but but somehow or another that if I had a lot of land, that that would somehow make it better, easier for me to to do radio, <laughs> just because I miss is down the street. <laughs> I like the idea <laughs> that somehow or another, in your mind, look, I miss yeah. has got property nearby, so I figure yeah. if you get my son set up on a compound. That him, yeah. yeah, he maybe he could just hijack some of Imus's signals, or maybe who knows, Bob? Maybe I could call Imus and say, <laughs> "Hey, why don't I just run a wire from your place down to down to my house, and we'll, you know, we'll just fuck. Well, I'll be on your like uh, I'll be a secondary channel. You know what? Let's let's have the bull rider call Don Imus, and then you get me and you conference me in, and and then yeah. you can you can be there too in case in case people aren't clear about it. So. So let me get this idea. We got the rodeo rider and we got Don Imus and you on the phone. And you say, look, Don, my son wants to do radio. And my friend who rides bulls, he's on the phone too. Uh, he's got some land not near, not not far from you. So I figured there's got to be a way we can work this out. You know what would happen after that? They would they would yeah. take you to the hospital. They would take you to the hospital. <laughs> but I, I like the idea too. It's a good idea. Yeah, you could. You, yeah, you could pull some more fight. I mean, you know, at your point in life, you know, you're doing this, and I don't know what you're doing, but you, whatever you're doing, if you're happy, that's great. <laughs> but if you got an opportunity to do something that seemed like a great idea, there's nobody else out there in uh, Rudoso, uh, you know, broadcasting or having a playhouse. I mean, you got all these connections, you got all these talents. All right, let me you ask you. Let, let me just ask you something practical. All right, so let's 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 look. Let's let's examine the playhouse idea. So now, how do you see that exactly? So he's got a lot of land out there. Now there's what are there? There's dirt roads to the areas. Like he's gonna give me a what's he gonna give me? Five, let's say he gives me five acres. Is that near the highway? I don't know. I have no idea how it's set up. I'm sure it would be. I'm sure he would give you anything you wanted because he's 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 he would do that for me. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So let's say we get it kind of near the highway, and then we get you know we we have someone design a playhouse. All right. And yeah. and then. Okay, so then I got the playhouse in Riadoso. It's near the highway. And we could maybe even put on the billboards not far from Don Imus's ranch. And 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 I call a couple of my friends. I say, You guys, you wanna come do a comedy show? And they go, Where? How much does it pay? I'm like, Well, no, it's just this, it's a playhouse. It's in Riadoso, New Mexico. It's not far from Don Imus's place. And I, I figure we just we'll see what we make and we'll split it. Well, you'll come out. My dad this is my dad's idea, it's great. 
Well, I don't know. Hold on. I got to call him and ask him where the fuck you fly into because I don't. I'm not, wait, let's wait. I don't, I don't, where, do, where would they fly into? They want to, Do they drive out? Where do you fly into to go to Rio Dozo, New Albuquerque? Uh, yeah, Albuquerque or let me think. I guess Lubbock. You go to Lubbock too. Lubbock could work. Oh, you're, this is a good sell. All right, so look, you can either fly into Albuquerque or Lubbock, Texas, and then you rent a car and you drive out. How far of a drive is it from Albuquerque? About <laughs> two and a half, three hours. Oh, it's not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so you come down to Mark Marin's Playhouse near Don Imus's place. You drive three hours. I'm sure we'll get a crowd. You know, I'm sure, we just got to put it in the Albuquerque paper and the Lubbock paper, and maybe we'll run a bus or something. Maybe, Dad, let's let's open a casino. Does this guy know any Indians? Hey, well, it's not far from that from the Mescalero Apache. Okay, all right, all right. This is a this is a workable idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you sent me these emails because. Yeah, I was a little. I, I was. I woke up with a little that feeling like I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. <laughs> and I took my vitamins. I opened up my emails. I'm like, thank God my dad has an idea that's not manic. <laughs> it's not because you know I'm, I I believe in using all resources that are handed to you. Okay. You you're handed eight thousand acres with all your talents and smarts and contacts and experience. Theoretically, you could you could set up a, a trailer there and just test it out with them. All you need is a freaking microphone and a tower, right? Oh so yeah, you, yeah. You got a radio station. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, okay. I understand. That's a little more practical than the the Rio Doso Playhouse, I think. <laughs> yeah, but you might be able to get a great audience. I mean, this you know the other guy that you don't like, you know, Bill Summers, who has this radio show on Saturday morning, eight o'clock. This is the guy that sells the memory revitalizer. I, look, right. as much as I may not like him, I went to his office and bought six jars of, of <laughs> memory revitalizer. I had to say to the guy at the office, I go, come on, really? Does, I mean, what's in this? <laughs> and he, he, was, he, he had to tell me that it's, it's all good stuff. Yeah, that was Roy, Roy, the rotund Roy, who will list anybody and lose some weight. And meanwhile, Bill Summers, you know, had a, uh, a hot study on this new thing I'm doing, which, you, you know, you find interesting. It'll be set up by the time you get to New Mexico or whatever that is. But we're doing uh, central arterial pressures. And if you, your blood pressure is high, you know, even though your brachial pressure is okay, your central pressure is high, then you're on, uh, then you're on dosing of arginine and citrulline as well as D3. And over three months, you come down to normal. There's big studies going out there now. It's going to hit the main line, and we're going to be in on it. I'm going, to, I'm going to be lecturing on that. You're going to lecture on that? Yep. I can have you down at my uh, theater in Rio Doso if you want to, if you think you can <laughs> pull in some people. We'll put a billboard up and everything. Dr. Marin, don't miss it this weekend only. Lecture on arginine. <laughs> I think it's all coming together for us. I think we've got a real future. Call the guy who rides bulls but can't do it anymore. Tell him to build the theater and then tell him about the vitamin... Uh, radio uh, comedy presentation. This is this is right. gonna, this is gonna be great. We're actually gonna be in business together. I can't wait. <laughs> I think I think someplace in all this you know this mishmash that we're talking about. I think theoretically, there's options. All, all it takes is somebody with a with a, with a big pair of gonies to say, hey, you know, come on in here with your deep pockets. Let's let's set up a let's, let's set up a studio for three months. See what happens, and just get me to contact with a 
with a radio station that I can be a mainstream radio coming out of uh, Ruidoso, New Mexico. Okay. Yeah, I like the fact that I've, I've, you know, several times now made it seem ridiculous in its conception, and you've laughed a lot at it, but we still come around to the idea that you're like, no, 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 this is doable. This is doable. I, <laughs> I, appreciate, I appreciate the tenacity of your fantasy. How did, how did I just get started in the radio out there in the middle of nowhere? Well, I'm, work, I'm working out of my garage here, but... You know, we're doing okay with the with the podcast and and you know but I I will keep it I'll keep this in mind. <laughs> okay. I love Take you. Care, man. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, now you know what I come from. That's who I come from. That's my dad. Hold on. We didn't get one of these in. Pow! Oh, I just shit my pants. Justcoffee.coop available at wtfpod.com along with WTF shirts, Nerdcock shirts. Perhaps we'll be seeing the Sex Clown shirts. I haven't decided. But you go there. We're putting videos up. Go there. Oh, you got to check out the uh, the guy who did our theme music made this great video of himself making the theme music. And that's at WTF Pod, along with some other videos. Enjoy. And please, if you're interested in comedy, go to punchlinemagazine.com for all the comedy stuff. All right? Are we good? Send some money if you want, because I... Uh, I like it. Don't you? Oh, that was fucking ridiculous. All right. I love you. I do. I really love you.